0: Three, two,
1: one. Welcome in, Husker Extra Podcast. It's Parker and Chris this week. Uh, our esteemed colleague, Mr. Sipple, is, is taking the week off, a uh, well-deserved week off. So Parker and I are holding down the fort here. We'll talk a little football today. We'll talk a lot of baseball today. Regional uh, sites were announced today. Nebraska not among those. We'll talk a little hoops. We'll kind of hit on everything, even though it's kind of a slow, pir- slow part of the calendar. Um, yeah, but as always, you know, let's just maybe get right into it with football. Like we said, it's it's quiet right now, but we know that the uh, the noise is coming next month with with official visits and and those sorts of things. And Nebraska with a with a 2022 class needs to get filled out.
0: Yeah, it's it's super interesting. Well, I mean, it's quiet right now. There's just not a whole lot um, that's going on. I mean, we've spent the week sort of going positionally through the defense, what we learned this spring. Um, going to do a sort of updated projected depth chart over the weekend. But, yeah, I mean, there's not a lot going on. It's sort of, like you say, Baz, like the calm before the storm because on June 1st, um, the dead, you know, recruiting dead period ends for the first time since mid-March, and basically all help is going to break loose. There's going to be official visitors. There's going to be unofficial visitors. They've The NCAA has sort of green-lighted this, like, any player on an unofficial visit can uh, do a private one-hour workout with the coaching staff because they've had so little in-person evaluation time over the past year and a half. So you're going to have kids that staffs really want coming to campus on visits and, and committing and, and, and all that. And then you're going to have guys who maybe you want to learn more about come in and work out and maybe earn an offer or maybe not. You know, it's just going to be kind of all out. It's like Ryan held said during spring ball. Said so I told my wife I'll see her in a month, uh, yeah. you know, in July, basically after that. So that's all coming. Uh, we know of about a dozen official visitors Nebraska has on the books uh, right now. But for now, it's kind of quiet outside of kids getting those visits lined up and, and, and coaching staffs trying to figure out, you know, when to have the big groups of visitors on campus.
1: It's, it's, it's funny because it's quiet now. And then June's going to be like, you say, just an absolute madhouse. And then July is just going to be like really quiet again. Cause everybody's going to go on vacation and like actually get out and do something with their lives for the first time in two years. So it, it will be like, it'll be hilarious because there'll be basketball recruits on campus, football recruits, every, every sport, baseball, volleyball, like they're all probably flying on the same flights into Lincoln and, like Nebraska is just going to have the fleet of SUVs lined up at the airport to, to take the kids over to the football stadium or Pinnacle Bank or Haymarket Park. So yeah, there's a, it's coming hot and heavy and it's, it's true for football. It's true for basketball. Uh, we know they're going to have a lot of official visitors. They've already got a few lined up. Um, Isaac Trout being one of those. Uh, the kid. I've heard of him. Yeah. You may have heard of him. Um, he, he's in my group and, I don't know the exact number, but it's it's growing to double digits pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, I think so. It's yeah, it's going to be that. It's that time of year, and it's it's critical, obviously, because you actually get to see kids again, of course. But Nebraska for football, they they don't have a lot of signees for that 2022 right. class yet. It's obviously still very early. It's it's the spring of 2021, but it's it's time to start making headway there, and and we'll see a lot of that here, uh, basically in two
0: weeks, I suppose. It's interesting because they were they started to kind of get it rolling a little bit with Ernest Hausman from Columbus, the linebacker, was the first one, and then Victor Jones Jr., the receiver from, from Florida, who they've known about forever, jumped on board. And then once the um, NCAA sort of like said officially that the dead period was going to end, the number of commits has really um, dropped off, I think all over college football, and that's because – I mean, I think it goes both ways. It's because players know that they're going to be able to get to go see campuses. And so they're like, it's close enough to June 1st. I might as well just wait and go see schools. And then I think schools are doing that too, where it's like, if you're not absolutely sure about a kid, like why not just basically slow play it until they get to come to campus and you can see them for yourselves, especially now that you can work kids out I mean, it just makes a lot of sense. So I think you've seen, I don't, I, don't, I think the numbers reflect this nationally, a pretty significant dip in, in the number of kids that have committed in the past few weeks. But man, it's going to explode in June. I mean, I don't think then, so you've got this sort of like the water building up behind the dam. And once it starts to go in June, then you're going to get kids that feel like, okay, I need my spot in a class. Yeah. And so I think there's going to be a rush all over the place. One of the, we can talk about this briefly. One of the spots where that timing is really interesting with Nebraska is that quarterback um, because MJ Morris was on campus from Atlanta uh, for the spring game. Loved it. Also is pretty heavily considering Georgia tech and NC state. I don't know if you could pick a favorite between those. Um, but Nebraska has got a couple other quarterbacks that it also likes Richard Torres from, from San Antonio, uh, and A.J. Bianco from Honolulu, sort of chief among them. Both those guys want to get to campus in June. I think Torres is set for the first week, and then I'm not sure, Bianco, you know, at some point probably that month. Um, and so, like, the question is, neither of those guys have been to campus. The staff hasn't been able to evaluate either of those players in person. They haven't been able to evaluate Morris in person either, but at least he was, he's been to Lincoln, whereas the other two haven't. So it's, the question is, like, you know, MJ Morris told me right after the spring game that he thought he'd decide in mid-May. Now it's looking more like late May or maybe into June after his school year ends, they're in the baseball playoffs, all this stuff is going on. Yeah. But the question there is like, he's sort of in the lead right now for the like just timing wise for the simple fact that he's been to campus, he knows what it looks like, but you know, if it goes through the first weekend of June or if Nebraska pushes it into June um, in terms of, you know, being adamant that they want to be able to evaluate uh, one or all three of those guys in person before they accept a commitment. Um, It's going to get interesting pretty fast. So that's like just one example out of, I'm sure, hundreds around the country of like kids that like coaching staffs really like like Nebraska's policy, Mario Frodusco's policy has always been that if they offer a quarterback, the offer is committable. Right now, tomorrow, whenever, uh, until there's one in the class. That might be the case right now, but I think the ideal for them is probably seeing these guys in person in a couple weeks. So it's a really – you're sort of like teetering on the edge where there's there's not a ton happening right now, but I think the wheels are really turning behind the scenes at all schools and all positions, and then it's going to get pretty nutty, I think, when the calendar turns.
1: Yeah, well, and and quarterback especially, right? Like you can't you can't afford to miss. Brother. Right. It's it's too important. And and especially with the, the situation Nebraska's gonna be in next year, basically, you know, assuming Adrian Martinez doesn't come back for another year, you know, with two pretty unproven guys uh behind him and Har- Heinrich Harburg and and um and Logan Smothers. So yeah, you you have to get that right. You have to be able to see those guys. And of course you want to see guys at every position. You want to see how a how a linebacker works in space or how a defensive back can move his hips and and get going and change direction but quarterback is just so important and we know how important it is to Nebraska's offense so yeah being able to get those guys on campus massively important Um, same same for basketball if you want to get a point guard on campus how does how can he run an offense you know how does he fit into what you want to do so that's that you're right it's and we all have our opinions on on the recruiting world I certainly have mine I'm not a not a fan of all that but it, it it makes like you said it makes for a fascinating several weeks here coming up uh for football first and foremost and and quarterback first and foremost
0: but also for for every sport and just seeing those kids in person again there's a there's some guys every school has their guys that they would probably take a commitment from even without seeing them and I would imagine for Nebraska, one of them's down in, in uh, Hayes, Kansas, with Jaron who's who uh, could play either side of Nebraska's interested in him in either side of the ball. I talked to – okay, so Jaron Canick, some of you probably know the name, some may not. Um, he's, uh, he's 6'2", 210. He and his best friend, Gavin Myers, are both uh, Power 5 prospects in Hayes, Kansas, which is like 5,000-person town. So two-in-one two class in Hayes, which is pretty cool. Uh Kanik, when I talked to him earlier this spring, he had just run 10, 6, 7 in the hundred at 210 pounds. Moving. And he was like, he was like, Yeah, that was my first track meet of my high school career. And I was <laughs> like, How is that possible? What? Uh yeah. Like, did you just decide to run track? And he said, No, no, I love track, but he had injuries that held him out his entire eighth grade spring and freshman spring, and then his sophomore spring track got canceled because of COVID. So he went out there the first track meet he's ever run in in high school and ran 6, six seven. And then uh, yesterday or a couple of days ago, he ran 3 three seven in the hundred. The video is which is a. Uh-
1: I saw somebody on Twitter. I think pointed out that that's the same time that um, that uh, DK Metcalf, yeah.
0: the Seattle Seahawks receiver, yeah. ran at the U.S. trials. It would have been, <laughs> been, been ninth in the Olympic trials. So yeah, uh, that's moving. moving. I don't. That's moving. I didn't, I didn't see an indication of what the wind was doing or whatever, but it doesn't matter because it doesn't, that, matter. That doesn't matter. You're a 10.37 in high school, yeah, and it you're doesn't balanced. matter if it's two hundred ten pounds or
1: one hundred and fifty yeah. pounds or whatever you're. You're booking it. So, yeah, freak, just a total freak show athlete. And this is a good, this is a good, a good chance to segue. Segue, I think, um, into the Nebraska has been releasing their training, their off season training oh, yeah. this year. Yeah. And I noticed it looks like one came out right as we were getting started here, that the, the yeah. squat and hang clean, uh, came out today. And, uh, just glancing down the list, I see Cam Jurgens squatted 723 pounds, just like um, you do. Right. Just like I do. Yeah. yeah. Um, Mr. Jackson, the former Navy SEAL, squatted 644. He had the he had the most points in their strength index. Uh, Jackson, Damien Jackson, Hanklean 385, squatted 644. So he had a little over eleven hundred points uh, in in Nebraska's system. Um, Cam Juergens, clean 405, squatted 723. Phelan Sanford makes another appearance on the list. Uh, Deontay Williams makes another appearance on the list. Chris Kolarovic and, and Cam Taylor-Britt on on there as well. So,
0: yeah, it's a pretty steady group of. I mean, all of the performance and strength index numbers like Kolarovic, uh Kolarovic, Deontay Williams, Jergens, and Phelan Sanford. I think we're on all of them in the top ten for all of them. And Cam Taylor-Britt was all for all but one, maybe. So,
1: yeah, I think I think uh, Jojo Doman's been right there. Yep. Other than the other than this one, I think he's he's yep. been on all of. them. So it, it, you, you kind of had an idea probably going into it who some of the names were going to be. Like you knew Jojo Doman was a, a pretty freaky athlete. You knew Cam Jurgens was a pretty freaky athlete, Cam Taylor Britt. But there's always those guys, and this even goes back to the old days when when they would release these numbers under Tom Osborne and, and Boyd Epley. And you have a guy like Phelan Sanford come strolling in off the ranch out in Bankelman and, and, and throw up, you know, 500 in the squad or whatever. what Sanford?
0: Phelan Sanford is a perfectly legitimate storyline to talk about on May 14th, uh, in part because I, I don't want—I mean, I don't want to make too big a deal out of testing numbers. But in addition to the testing numbers, he was running with the number twos at corner um, during the spring game. Now, you could—that's in part because they—they've had injuries at corner. Um, Adab Joseph didn't play because of an injury. Taiman Linen was out most of the spring with an injury. Marquise Buford, the freshman, missed all of spring with an injury. And they've got Malik Williams coming in this summer. So that that room has some depth issues at the moment. But, you know, he did a nice job of taking advantage of those opportunities. So it was Cam Taylor-Britt and and Quentin Newsom as we expected, on the red. And then the starting corners for the white were Braxton Clark and and Phelan Sanford. And Sanford was one of those guys who, like, you don't – you don't think about when you think about the guys who are going to be like core special teams players for Nebraska, he might not be the first guy you think of, but he played the, he, he appeared on special teams the last five games of last year. Um, he had a, he's got an interesting route to Nebraska. Not only is he a, a Benkelman kid who was at Dundee Stratton, uh, high school and won six track state titles there, uh, yep. overall, but then he went to Hastings for his freshman year. Um uh, So he didn't even – he wasn't even a Nebraska walk-on right out of high school. He went to Hastings for a year and then transferred to UNL. So he's like the – he's got a a very uh, quintessentially Nebraska route um, to being not only one of the top performers in their strength and performance index testing, but a guy who – you know, some way, shape or form um, is, is going to be on the field at some point this fall, you know, pro- probably mostly special teams, but you never know. You run into some depth issues at corner and he's not all that far down the list at this point.
1: Yeah. Well, and those testing things can probably tell you a lot about who's going to be on special teams. Right. Yeah, probably you got yeah. a guy like Phelan Sanford, who's who is obviously strong, can run agile, yep. can do all the things athletically that you need a guy to do on special teams without having to put, you know, Cam Taylor-Britt out there on special teams, for example, yeah. or, or whoever it may be. He, he's, he's in a similar athletic category, not the same, of course, but similar to what a Cam Taylor-Britt or a Deontay Williams. And that just, like, gives you depth. And he's a Nebraska kid. So you know, he's going to go out there and run down the field with his hair on fire, you know, same as,
0: you know. A, he's got plenty of hair to be on fire, too.
1: Well, that's, that's true. He's got great hair. Um, Rockin- there's a – we saw – we saw a video of him throwing a calf in, into the chute today too on Twitter. He 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 tweeted out some of that and it just couldn't be a,
0: more it just couldn't be more uh could not be more perfect,
1: could he? It was it was beautiful because Phelan Sanford tweets out this this video. He's in the muddy, he's in the muddy corral and grab, grabs the calf and chucks him down the chute. And then then a little while later, here comes Cam Jurgens in the in the Wranglers and the cowboy boots doing a slide protection, trying to get a steer to go back into the pan the other way and moving them back and forth. So it's just like it's like if if it's almost like this stuff is coordinated with with an NIL potentially thing happening and a and a athletic department that supports that. So
0: I mean, it's the just hype train thing. is off the tracks now well, that we've it's, had two farm videos on the same
1: day. It's so. careening through the pasture at this point uh with all the farm videos coming out. So no but it's it's just it's just funny to see it because you're right like obviously we know cam jurgens is like a freak athlete we know and then get a kid like this Phelan stanford maybe he goes down and causes a fumble. maybe he's like in the, the next luke reimer you know who, who caused a fumble in his first his first first kickoff wasn't it at colorado yeah first time he got on the field so maybe maybe you find a kid like that, at that the row. so yeah that's kind of where we're at uh Football wise, it's quiet until June and and we're just we're just hang, we're salivating over testing numbers right now. It feels good to to get back to normal. That's <laughs> great. <laughs> A little bit in that regard. Any, any other football
0: stuff we need to cover here before we move on and, and yell no, about baseball. The next no, the next segue. The next segue <laughs> is this, you know, guys putting up impressive numbers. I sent you the I sent you the screenshot this morning that baseball America has uh, had an updated top four hundred draft prospects that I was scrolling through this morning, and Spencer Schwellenbach had risen from number one fifty one in their last rankings to number seventy this time around. So that's like that's a third round draft pick if you're scoring at home. Yeah, that's pushing toward the end of the second, right? With yeah, pushing the into the second. Yeah, uh, picks work. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, with supplemental picks and and yeah. stuff like that. I suppose. Yeah, it's into the second, into the third round. So yeah. it, it's Pretty hilarious. Good. I I texted you back. Like it was, it was, it just struck me as funny a couple months ago. Well, it's like, oh yeah, he's there's no way he's coming back next year, and (laughs) you kind of went, huh? And you're like, oh yeah, he's he's really good. Yeah. So no, and like it's to the point now where he's he's so good that you almost take it for granted a little bit. Like he's going to come in and throw ninety five on the mound after he plays seven or eight innings at shortstop and, and probably throws like three dudes out on impossible plays across the diamond from deep in the hole. And then last week, of course, goes over and plays first base and has the perfect relay throw home
0: to, to save the game against Rutgers. Like he's just oh, a, go ahead. I was thinking about that, that play, like how, I don't know what, like probably he would tell you that nothing went through his mind, but I imagine yeah. there's like the, this, like split second of panic if you're Will Bolt and you're watching your star player who's got 52 pitches, high leverage pitches on his arm. Yeah. Taking that relay and getting ready to uncork it home. Like that's, uh, <laughs> I mean, he's out there, you know, he's out there putting it on the line though. That's the thing. I mean, yeah. you love to well, see it. That, that's just a, not I I don't want to say it's a dangerous play, but like when I saw you tweet about the relay throw home, I was like, oh, the guy who just pitched four innings. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, and it's like that's that's baseball too, right? Like you knew like the second that Schwollenbach trotted over to first, it oh, yeah. was probably gonna be in the middle of something. Whether it was Ball's like gonna find ball, you ball the ball always finds you. And that's why Will Bolt puts him out there, right? Like Will Bolt hasn't been shy about saying that, yeah, Spencer is our best player. Like, and he's special, he's he's great, he's all this, he's not he is speaking of hype trains, like Will Bolt's been driving the Spencer 12 hype train and you know, when he was talking about it in the preseason he, he's he's been on the mound he's out lights out we're kind of going okay yeah like we've heard this before then that first time he comes out and you just go whoa, whoa. 97 yeah 97 down at Purdue and you're just going holy crap he's like whoa, well, Bolt wasn't lying and
0: he's like Walt Nebraska's
1: was. Shohei Otani he, he seriously is he seriously is and like he's just he's a freak like he's he's as good a player as Nebraska's had in a long 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 time probably going back to the mid-2000s you know when nebraska was regularly competing in regional super regionals having a chance to go to college world series he's that he's that type of guy like he's a foundational piece and we loves guys like that right like he loves guys that want to be in the middle of it that that want that want the ball that want to be at first base after they pitch and play short and have to make that relay <laughs> throw home. like he that's what spencer schwellenbach is and that's what a lot of those guys on that team are, but Spencer Schwalmbach just happens to have like top two or three round talent.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and yeah.
1: so, I mean, you're talking about a potential big 10 player of the year. You're talking about a potential national John Olerud award winner, which goes to the, the top two way player in the country every year. I think the, I think the trophy is just like a bat, like a bronze batting helmet that you wear. Like when you're playing first base, like John Olerud used to do. Look up John Olerud yep. kids, all you young kids. Come on, come, come on
0: kids. kids. John Olerud.
1: Toronto Blue Jays. Look it up. But no, he's a just a special player. And like you talk to him and like he's just one of those guys when you talk to him, you're like you can tell he's a dude like it's just oh, yeah, I, I want the ball. I want to be out there. I want to be in that spot and I want to be that guy. So, yeah, he'll be he'll be long gone next year and he's going to get paid a lot of money to play baseball and, and good for him. Uh, he's a
0: he's a special player. He might get to go on the road to play in an NCAA regional before his uh, time in Nebraska is up.
1: Yeah, his last game at Nebraska will be May 30th, um, whether he wants it to be or not. Um, NCAA announced today there are 20 preliminary host sites uh, for regionals, and they'll whittle that down to 16 on May 31st when they announce the NCAA tournament field. They're doing it differently this year, of course. With COVID, they wanted to announce these sites a few weeks ahead of time so you can have – you know, all your testing protocols in place and, and things like that, and be ready to go. And Nebraska put in a bid last month. Will Bolt talked about it. And at the time, I think they were 20 and seven and starting to get ranked and starting to get national attention. You're thinking, okay, well, Nebraska might be back in the business of hosting regionals, which they haven't done since 2008. And we're going, man, that'd be awesome. A regional in Haymarket Park in June, like, weather's going to be warm. they will have great crowds. and this is awesome. And Nebraska kept winning and then Rutgers came to town and swept them three games. And all of a sudden that went out the window. And you, you start looking at the teams that, that are in this preliminary list seven AC or seven SEC teams. Of course there's, that's no surprise. That was always going to happen. Three, three big 12, three pack 12. Uh, I think three ACC, two or three ACC and then some others sprinkled in there as well. And the one common thread among all these 20 schools is that they have have all played non-conference games. And what do you know? What do you know? And and if you'll recall the big 10 said we are not allowing our schools to play non-conference games this year, they will play a conference only schedule. So what that means is not only is Nebraska not going to host, that means Michigan isn't going to host. That means Indiana isn't going to host or Iowa or Maryland. And that means, your Big Ten champions at best going to be a two seed probably and playing on the road through through this whole thing because the super regional sites are going to come from these these 20 preliminary sites too. So you're talking about a power, a power conference, one of the most powerful conferences in the country, sending its league champion on the road for the entirety of the well, sending all the teams that qualify for the NCAA yeah. tournament on the road for the entirety of the NCAA tournament. And, That's nice. That's nice. And it's just look. it's a long, how much they had that play, how much the no, the no non-conference played into this, who knows, but you start digging into it and you realize, it, it probably had something to do with it Uh, because look, Nebraska couldn't go play, you know, Southern Miss, for example, they couldn't go play Gonzaga who's, who's a host. And if you look at Gonzaga's non-conference, they did, (coughs) excuse me, they did what, You know, Nebraska or Michigan or somebody else would have loved to do. They went down and played TCU at TCU, who's probably going to be the number two national seed, and took two or three from TCU. They proved it. They beat Kansas State. They beat Oregon State. They beat Washington, who made the CWS in 2019. They beat Washington State. They went on the road and beat all these teams. You know, Louisiana Tech, same thing. Played, had a strong non-conference. East Carolina's 33 and 10. has beaten North Carolina a couple times this year. They they proved themselves in the non-conference. And yes, these teams have, have gaudy records. You throw Charlotte in there, you know, Louisiana tech, Pittsburgh, these teams have been good in their leagues, but they've also proved it outside of the conference too. And and that's, that makes, it makes what happened today for Nebraska, certainly. And and for the other schools in the league, it makes it sting that much more because everybody knew when this schedule was announced, that was the first thing out of everybody's mouth. Well, they're, they're screwed because they're not playing non-conference games. They're not playing midweeks. And now look, now you're seeing the result of that. There's no Big Ten teams hosting. And, you know, in
0: Nebraska, Michigan, Indiana are all going to have to go on the road and try and do it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's tough because it's the, the non-conference thing. I mean, obviously it gives you a chance to build your own resume. But it also helps put in perspective other things that happen over the course of the season. Like if Rutgers puts together – I mean, Rutgers has been tough this year in the Big Ten – if they put together a nice non-conference season like that, getting swept is still by Rutgers at home. It's still going to be damaging to your resume. No doubt about it, but it might be slightly less damaging. Had Rutgers put together a non-conference schedule like it or record, like it appears they would have been capable yeah. of doing given how they yeah, played the Rutgers. So play... it's like, yeah, it's your own resume and <coughs> it's, it, it builds in context for other things that happen over the course of league play.
1: Yeah. And, you know, yeah, if Rutgers goes and plays UConn, who's a traditionally a strong team in the Northeast and takes and two or three or three or four from them, that makes it look different, you know, and now you're talking about not only are you not hosting, but let's say Nebraska finishes third in the big Ten, third or fourth, they win 28, 29 games, whatever it may be. You're sweating come yep. come may 31st you might not even get in and you're going to be 28 and 16 29 and 15 you know the only guarantee the big 10 has right now is that their league champions getting in, and that's it you know and you start looking down the rpis of the schools in contention michigan's isn't good nebraska's is in the 80s right now i believe indiana's is low you know and so if you're looking at the third or fourth place team in the big 10 you're comparing them to the the fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth place team in the ACC or the PAC 12 or the sec or the big 12, who are you taking? You know, are you take on a team that played non-conference or are you taking the team that finished third in its league and didn't play anybody else. So it just, it shows you how fine the line is for Nebraska. And it shows you to how kind of short sighted this decision by, from the NCAA was because you're announcing these sites with three weeks left in the year. And who's to say Nebraska doesn't go out? They still play Michigan three times and play Indiana twice. Yep. Plus, we weekend against Northwestern. Who's to say Nebraska doesn't go, I don't know, wins 10 games down the stretch, you know, finishes 33 and 11. And no chance to host, but they got hot at the end of the year. Now you're going down to Fayetteville to play Arkansas or going down to TCU or whoever it may be, and you don't even have an opportunity to host, even though you're hot yep. at the end of the year, which is what happened in 2005, basically. Nebraska got hot at the end of the year hosted a regional, hosted a super regional, went to the CWS, you know, so it's, it just, it hurts the big 10 in so many different ways. And, you know, and will Bolt would be the first to tell you, well, all oh, we've got, we just got to take care of ourselves and we just got to win games. And that starts tonight, of course, with Northwestern. So you win enough games, it doesn't matter, but if you don't, I mean, there's a lot of pressure on these three games, the four games next week, and the three games home in Michigan to end the year, because the, the margin for errors is, is basically zero unless you know you're going to win the league championship.
0: So,
1: fun times. Good luck. Right. Good luck, Nebraska. Good luck, Michigan. Good luck, Indiana. It's like being a Big Sky hoops team. It's like, yeah, exactly. And but, look, let's let's be fair. Like most projections have three Big Ten teams getting in, but we all know what projections mean too. At the end of the day, we don't know what the NCAA committee is going to yeah, decide. Yeah, especially you know,
0: I mean, especially given I mean. Yeah, there's three Big Ten teams in the projections, but it's not like the it's not like the NCAA is the one putting out those projections. The NCAA yeah. clearly didn't think much of the Big Ten's candidates to host regionals, so who's to say that that line of thinking doesn't extend to how they exactly. think about the field in
1: general? And, and now you're talking about, we mentioned Nebraska, play Nebraska, Indiana, Michigan, all three play each other down the stretcher. Indiana's at Michigan this weekend. What if all those three teams just beat up on each other and they all go – Three and three against yep. each other, whatever, what, however the numbers work out, then what? Then where are you at? You know, nobody really gained any ground or anything. So <coughs> it's just maybe a it'll tough, be
0: like tough... the maybe it'll be like the midseason add to the uh, awards watch list or something. Like they'll they'll stick Michigan on, like, oh, guys got fifty catches six games into the year, he should probably be on the Bolitnikov list. Like, yeah, exactly. hot, and they, so yeah. oh, sorry, guys, it's twenty one. Oh yeah, oh, oh, Michigan's won twelve in a row. That's
1: well, we'll throw them in there. We'll make them the 14 seat. So I doubt it. No. Yeah. It, it won't happen. Um, it's just, it's a tough spot. It is what it is. Um, I'm sure if you got Will Bolt and staff behind closed doors, they'd they'd be happy to share their feelings about how they think it went, but they're going to, they'll fight the good fight and they'll tell their guys, look, we got to worry about tonight against Northwestern. And, and then we got to worry about tomorrow and then we got to worry about Sunday and then we'll worry about next week. And, Winning solves a lot. Winning solves a lot of problems. If Nebraska keeps winning, they'll be fine. But at the end of the day, like we said, the only guarantee is if you win the league. So, I mean, that's goal number one for Nebraska right now, and that's what makes all these games just so hugely important on the stretch. So, there's some baseball talk for you. How about that? How about that? We'll talk a little This is a baseball, baseball a podcast now. This is a baseball podcast. You want to talk about the Brewers or anything? No? No. Nothing to talk about. We can't we do? Well, don't there's need to no off,
0: to, there's no offense to speak of, so it'd just be about the something. offense
1: is offensive, you might yeah.
0: say. The, yeah, um, we won't talk the, about they're the uh, the Brewers trio of starting pitchers and the, they just lost two of three to the Cardinals. Three starting pitchers combined for 19 and two thirds, um, two earned runs, nine hits, two earned runs, walk, two earned runs, uh <coughs> one block. <walk, laughs> Nine hits, two walks over 19 innings, uh, Mm. 27 strikeouts, and they lost a series. So, God, they had two different starters. Well, actually, that's not true. Um, Freddie Peralta pitched seven innings of one hit ball, and then Corbin Burns was uh, five in his first start back in two weeks with um, one hit and nine strikeouts, or four hits and nine strikeouts, and they lost both. So,
1: that's great. Yeah, Matt, uh, Matt Harvey. Is it Matt Harvey, the Mets ace? No, not Matt Harvey. Um, oh, DeGrom, DeGrom. yeah, Jacob DeGrom. he can relate to that.
0: Corbin, uh, Corbin Burns is at 1.71 or something ERA for the year with 59 strikeouts in one walk, and That's- he's uh, two and four. God, <laughs> four, in the four games he's lost. He's lost four times this year in Milwaukee. He scored a grand total of one run in those
1: four. Oh, God. All right. Well, there's your brew. Not bitter at all. There's the the baseball
0: talk. Yeah.
1: Well, we'll finish this thing off with a little hoops. Um, Bryce McGowan's the uh, five-star recruit, younger brother of Trey McGowan's coming in uh, this summer. He'll be here in a month, probably a little less. Played in the Iverson Classic uh, last weekend, kind of an all-star showcase. One of the big ones this summer is everything else kind of got put on hold by COVID and everything else. And I think had a pretty solid weekend. Um, yeah. He finished second in the three point shooting contest. Um, didn't get many minutes Had six points in six minutes in the actual game. So he was efficient, but you start reading some of the, the analysis to come out of that. And, and he really helped himself um, was showed, showed some impressive abilities offensively showed a decent amount defensively. Obviously there's work that, that you can do there, but he was not out of place. Uh, playing with the best players in the country. And we're talking, you know, Chet Holmgren, you know, the number one recruit in the country, Paulo Banchero. All all the big names are there.
0: Love some love me some Paulo Banchero.
1: It's a great name.
0: It's the best name. The, the top
1: two players this year had great names with Chet and, and Paulo Banchero. So but yeah I mean look Bryce McGowan's fit in with those dudes. It wasn't like he was swimming in the deep water or anything like that. Like this is a this is a legit talent coming in and a, and a guy that's really going to help Nebraska in some form or another, whether that's starting right away, whatever it may be, he's going to play a lot um, this year. So I think that was really encouraging. And, and certainly Fred Hoiberg and Matt abdel knew what kind of talent they had there. They, they scout and they do all the work on that. But I think to see it proven on that stage, even in limited minutes, it shows you that, that they got a guy and yeah. it's going
0: to be, I think, really interesting to see how he fits in here it's so interesting to read like Jonathan, the Jonathan Gavonis of the world and like a guy who's not on campus yet. I mean, this is the way of the world in basketball um, with guys like this, but Nebraska just hasn't had one. It's so interesting that the guy's never, I mean, he's, he's gets to campus this summer. He's never worn a Nebraska uniform in a game before. And all of the analysis you read about him is through the NBA lens already. Yeah. It's like, Here's what here's the professional prospects. Like the guy hasn't even played in college yet. That's obviously just that's life in, in hoops. But um, I was reading it and I was like, oh yeah, they're talking about him like in terms of the NBA. Not
1: well. I saw a someplace had him as a as a first round pick, like the 15th yeah. pick in the 2023 draft. So <laughs> think about that kid that's never played here. Might be the highest NBA draft pick Nebraska's ever had uh, if yeah. things. Keep trending the way they are. So we'll see. Gotta get here. Gotta stay healthy. I do all those things. But yeah, it looks like Nebraska's got a guy. Oh, well, I'll pass on one more basketball story. We were talking about this before we came on. This is pretty funny. Yes. Uh, Wilhelm, Wilhelm Breidenbach, the uh the six nine forward from the big California. goggle. The big yeah, the big goggle BG. Um is no longer six nine. He is now six eleven. How did he grow two inches? You ask. Well. He went to a uh, chiropractor, or he's been seeing a chiropractor, seeing a doctor. Uh, he's got a little bit of a hunch in his back, and the doctor's been working with him and getting him straightened out. and And now, when he stands up straight, he's six foot eleven. So Nebraska's adding a uh, a six foot eleven forward instead of a six foot nine forward who can handle the ball, shoot the three, pass, do all the
0: things right, Hoiberg wants to do. So I thought that was just a funny little anecdote. Wasn't Hoiberg talking about him as being able to like run the point? Yeah.
1: He was asked um, when we talked to him last, you know, who's going to be your point guard. He said, well, you know, we have Trey McGowan's we have Kobe Webster, this, that, the other thing. Oh, we, you know, we could have Wilhelm Breidenbach bring the ball up too. He's been doing that for his high school team in California. And we all kind of went, Oh, the, the six, nine forward, who's playing point guard for his high school team in California right now. So I say right now, yes, yeah, now, now six eleven. I say now because California's playing their basketball season in the spring. So uh, Wilhelms in the middle of his of his senior season of high school ball so once he fin- he'll finish that in the next couple of weeks then pretty much come straight to Nebraska and dive right in so just a, I think a fascinating this roster is like so interesting to me like there's just so many high level guys on it I think and what does that mean for the Big Ten who knows but there's there's going to be some competition in practice and there's going to be some some intriguing guys and we'll see what it looks like uh, come November into November beginning of December so there you go. I'm going to go make a
0: chiropractor appointment. Hopefully that will be six foot by the time, yeah. um, by the time summer's
1: over. There you go. You got to get stretched out for the, for yeah. the summer months yeah. to come. Yeah, exactly. So maybe I'll join you. I can, maybe I can get to six foot too, my fellow, <laughs> my fellow sub six footer. So keep dreaming. Okay. We'll, yeah, we'll keep dreaming. You can wish in one hand and you know what in the other and see which one fills up first. So on that note, we're going to wrap <laughs> this baby up. We'll talk to you guys next week. Um, It'll be me and Siple next week. So this podcast may or may not get recorded next week. We'll see. I'm not real sure yet, but until then, we'll talk to you guys soon.